Hey there. I have an exciting announcement I've been waiting a long time to tell you, and I'm going to tell it to you now before we get to this week's episode. Here's the thing. Have you ever thought, I wish that there was a way to compile all the wisdom and insights from problem solvers in one handy place? Well, if you have, then good news, because now there is. I have written a book, and it is coming. The book is called Build for Tomorrow, an action plan for embracing change, adapting fast, and future-proofing your career. And just like this show, it is laser-focused on how to navigate moments of change and turn them into opportunity. Through my job as editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine and in making this show, I have come to conclude that change happens in four phases. First, panic. I'm sure you're familiar with that, especially from the last couple of years. Then, adaptation then new normal, and finally, wouldn't go back. Wouldn't go back being the moment when you have something that is new and so valuable that you say, I wouldn't want to go back to a time before I had that. How do people get there? How can we all get there? How can we speed past the panic and through the building phases and get to wouldn't go back? Well, this book is all about helping you get there and stay there by drawing upon the lessons of people who got there too and the cautionary tales of those who didn't. I think you're going to find it really useful. Build for Tomorrow comes out on September 6th, but you can pre-order it right now wherever you get books or by going to jasonpfeiffer.com slash book. Again, jasonpfeiffer, J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com slash book. And if you do buy it, please let me know so that I can thank you personally. All right, you will be hearing a lot more about Build for Tomorrow in the coming months, but for now, Here is this week's Problem Solvers. From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Here is what I thought I was going to talk to Bronislav Gorbachev about. His company is based in Florida, but he is Ukrainian, and many of his clients are Ukrainian or Russian. And of course, with this terrible war going on, or I should say this disgusting invasion going on, of course, the economy of the region is shattered, and Bronislav's company needed to make some big changes. And so I thought it would be interesting to hear how he manages something like that. But then Bronislav and I actually connected, and we did that thing that now, you know, people always do when they connect by video. You ask where the other person is. It's like the modern-day version of, how's it going? So where are you? And I thought the answer for him was Florida, but... Where are you? Uh, me in Moscow right now. You're in Moscow? Yeah, I'm in, me in Moscow, yeah. Oh my, that must be an interesting place to be. It might be not very interesting. It might be challenging and dangerous place to be right now. I totally regret my flip response there, by the way. I was just so caught off guard. I didn't realize that although his company is incorporated in Florida, he and his team are actually primarily in Russia and Ukraine too, or at least they had been. So of course, now I understood that his problems went far beyond just navigating global economics and finding new client bases. He also had to worry about his and his team's personal safety. This became a question of how an entrepreneur truly handles the absolute most dangerous threats to life and business all at once. And I will tell you, Bronislav is handling it with remarkable grace. You know, what what motivates me uh, the most, that's uh, do your best and the fate will do the rest. So by this point, I suppose I should 
actually formally introduce you to Bronislav. My name is Bronislav, and I'm a founder of the Amadei, which is a service for musicians worldwide. It's a global platform, global service for musicians who make them popular and earn from their talents. For you musicians out there, that's Amadei, A-M-A-D-E-I. And I had just a remarkable conversation with Bronislav. We spoke a few weeks ago uh, when he was in Russia. As you will hear, he was in the process of trying to get out. I don't know where he is by the time that you're listening to this. But he spoke really candidly about the challenges that his company has faced and how he has really deftly fought through them, so many of them, and made some sacrifices along the way. And that is the conversation that I want to play for you now, is an entrepreneur trying to do his best by his people and by his clients during the very worst of circumstances. Coming up after the break. Entrepreneurs face so many challenges and questions throughout their journey. This makes getting thoughtful answers to your most important questions so important. The Entrepreneurs Group at UBS Financial Services Private Wealth Management is led by private wealth advisors who were former entrepreneurs and who were once in your shoes. Their daily focus is using their vast experience advising entrepreneurs, plus being entrepreneurs in the past themselves, to be an insightful resource to help our entrepreneur listeners answer some of your most important personal and related business financial questions. Get a copy of their most recent Forbes article on eight fatal mistakes when selling your business and how to avoid them at ubs.com slash entrepreneurs group. Again, ubs.com slash entrepreneurs group. UBS Financial Services is a member of FINRA and SIPC. All right, we are back speaking with Bronislav Gorbachev, the founder of Amadei. And we started by, well, I just asked him to explain the geographic situation here. Where did he come from? How is he in Moscow right now? And how is the company based in Florida? You know what? I'm an international person because uh, I was born uh, in USSR. That's uh, it's a Russia. At the age of uh, seven, my parents moved to Ukraine. So I graduated from the university there and I got my passport and my citizenship in Ukraine. Then the fall of Soviet Union. And then I was lucky enough that among the best of students of my university, I was visiting different countries and uh, studied in different countries. And then I began to do my own business because I'm uh, running business for more than 16 years already. I had uh, different businesses in different countries, in Ukraine, in Turkey. And uh, then some 10 years ago, I came uh, to Russia and I um, run my businesses in Russia. A couple of years later, Bronislav goes on vacation, watches this musician perform, and then gets chatting with the person afterwards and learns the story that this musician had spent 10 years really hustling before seeing great success. And this gets Bronislav thinking, you know, maybe there is a company to be made that helps musicians advance their careers. Now, he doesn't really know anything about the music world, but he gets connected to a musician and the two of them partner up and they launch this company, which is like a 360 degree service provider for musicians. It is a store. They do mixing and mastering and A&R management, and PR and distribution and just everything. And uh, they are currently working with, or they have helped, uh, more than 16,000 artists. 
But they don't incorporate the company in Russia. They incorporate it in Florida. And the reason for that is because they wanted a location that could really serve as a global headquarters because their plan was to start where they were, but then expand outward and eventually build a truly global company that could be operated from Florida, which is just a better place for that kind of global reach. So that takes us up to where we are now. And I asked Bronislav, what was he thinking and maybe doing as just a couple months ago, he was watching along with the rest of the world as Vladimir Putin started amassing Russian forces along Ukraine's border. Did you start making plans beforehand? No, no one expects this, really. People were talking about this, but no one believes in it. Because uh, you should know that I'm a quite young uh, person. Me, I'm 40 years old, but even my generation, uh, they were treated that the uh, the worst uh, thing in our life is a war. We really didn't believe that it might happen. No one, no Ukrainians or, or Russians also. But when it happened, I, I, I very I, I remember that very clear that night. It was uh, five in the morning when I uh, woke up. I don't know why, but I woke up and I um, uh, switched on my phone and I see the news. They they began to bomb uh, Ukraine and uh, my wife, my family. They they were sleeping. I didn't want to um, uh, woke them up and I uh, went to to another room and I I. I I began to speak with my mom, who she is in Odessa, I told you, and told that uh, she, uh, to ask her if she's okay right now. She didn't know anything about this yet because they start bombing uh, Kiev and other cities, but not Odessa. And I asked her to prepare herself and to go to a shelter as fast as possible. And then I began to make a phone calls to my friends, uh, whom I know that they are families also in, in Ukraine, so they could have phone calls and uh, to to tell them that they go should go to a shelter. At first, that was a real frustration because the first two days, I, I'd say, because uh, I can't even believe that it, it's happening in my life because we have a plans, we have a plans for business. We have a, uh, we had a commitments uh, with the clients, with the investors, with the market, with my team, and suddenly uh, it disappears. Yeah, you must be looking at this and thinking every single thing that I've built is now thrown up into the air. Yeah, absolutely. But then I realized that uh, my team is even more vulnerable than me, and they are they are seeking for the support. And me as a founder, as a leader, I should uh, demonstrate confidence and uh, to demonstrate that I know the plan. So really, it took me about two days to get accustomed if it's possible to get accustomed to such a situation and uh, to begin uh, to think not emotionally, but rationally. I realize that in given situation, it is very risky for my team to be in Russia and in Ukraine. So I did mold my best from myself to relocate them to different countries. Currently, they are in Bulgaria, in Romania, in Istanbul, everywhere, but in Armenia also everywhere, but not in uh, Ukraine, in Russia, only me, the one who left in Russia right now. Why are you still there? I'm preparing. I'm preparing to, to leave. What uh, was it like trying to get everybody out? Was that, uh, for example, uh, you were moving your your employees out. That is a, I don't even know how to think about that. That is a company expense. That is a, how, how, how did you even do that? 
you know what we um, we were we are very we were very attractive for invest for the investors because we are very sexy project really sexy because we are dealing with the, uh, with the music we are dealing with the very popular people and we were very uh, attractive for investors and we managed to attract another round of investments some two weeks before before the war. So we had this budget, but we had this budget for the marketing and for enlargement. But in this current situation, we use this budget to relocate and to uh, refocus our marketing strategy. So after that, uh, when we relocate our people, we began to think that uh, not only my team is frustrated, my artists, my clients, and I have I, currently I have totally more than sixteen thousand musicians on board, uh, uh, totally in the whole world. And with the uh, is, is a lot of that is a lot of that concentrated in and Russia and Ukraine and one one point three thousand people. They are from CIS countries. They are Russian speakers. It's not only Russia, Ukraine. It's uh, Armenia. Also, is Kazakhstan, Moldova, Belarusia. Right. So, uh, from CIS countries. I so see. I realized that they are also frustrated. They also cannot get their money from the royalties from streaming because we are the company who is gathering the royalties from all the streaming platform and forwarded to the, to the artists. So we were, we were thinking how we can help them in such a tough times. And, and I'm sorry, just, just, I just want to be clear because I think not everyone understands exactly how the sanctions work, but this is a sanctions issue, I suppose, is what you're talking about, where people are not able to get paid. So something is being shut off, which would be the means by which money from outside the region could be deposited into people's bank accounts. Is that right? Absolutely. Because okay. uh, it hurt not only the Russian musicians, it hurts uh, also the Ukrainian musicians, and it hurts also the Russian, Armenian, Kazakhstan musicians too. So you know, we began to think, how can we support them uh, with my team? And uh, we created a plan that we should provide the distribution for free, totally for free for Ukrainians. We provide the... Which is a service that you... Is that a service that you generally pay for? In other words, you're saying there are things that you usually charge for that you're then just going to start making free. Then we provide the free promotion with our socials. Then I began to enlarge the network of radio stations in U.S., I have uh, quite a good uh, relationships with the radio stations in the U.S., particularly in Chicago, in New York. And we agreed with them that they will also support the Ukrainian artists and they will place the Ukrainian artists for free. And we, we provide them the free place. Which, uh, which is otherwise a service that they would usually be charging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were charging. I see. Okay, got it. And besides that, uh, we also agree with online concert platforms, which is provide online concerts. And we also um, cooperate with them for the uh, support for uh, musicians from Ukraine to give the free uh, online concerts. So what that what we can do and what we are doing right now. Just to make sure I understand. So what you're looking at here is obviously you cannot change the way that money can or cannot flow into or out of the region. But what you can do is give these artists a platform and enable them to at least reach people so that I suppose when they are able to get paid, perhaps they even have more awareness than they do now, or at the very least, they haven't disappeared from the music ecosystem in a way that they might have otherwise. Is that right? Right. Because music, you know, music is a very vital tool in our life. 
because uh, music unites people and makes them better. Really, it makes them better and then it uh, motivates people to do some achievements, to relax, maybe to fall in love. Everything is very connected with your soul. So when you, we are dealing with the musicians, that means that these people, they are very sensitive and uh, very emotional. So um, I ask more than 12,000 musicians worldwide when during uh, was I was making the customer development. And I figure out that the main point for them, the main focus for them is not just to earn money. It's uh, another thing for them. The most vital thing for them is to be heard because they cannot stop creating. This is kind of a people when they always create, even if you forbid them, forbidden them to create, they will, without any money, without any, they will continue to create. They can't stop creating. So uh, the vital thing for them is to be heard and to be supported from a listener. Supported, that means not in terms of the money. Supported, that means that the people will listen and say, okay, you, you did a very good job. And that's why uh, this kind of support, when we promote their music to the radio stations, to the concerts, to the st- all streaming platforms, it's very important for them. What does this mean for your business? I can imagine that finances are, feel very secondary right now. And I suppose you're in, a, you're in a fortunate position in that you have raised money. And in fact, you just closed around. Before the war started, so you have money. So I suppose you have some runway here in which you can basically do what you're describing, which is to do what's right for musicians and for music and for the people that you support. But I would imagine that at some point that runway disappears. Hopefully that is a long time from now. But how are you thinking about the sustainability of your business now? Or are you not even thinking about that? And it's just a matter of doing what's right now and seeing what happens later. It's not like that because uh, my team is very motivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very committed to to a project, and U- U.S. market was our initial goal. Mm-hmm. We were approaching this goal, and we had an um, investment plan to reach the U.S. market. That's why we closed the rounds just to grow our muscles and to be uh, more and to be for 100% ready to enter the U.S. market, which is very competitive market. We know this very good. But currently, we all our we, we completely stop for marketing program in CIS countries, and uh, all the budget we forwarded to the U.S. market. What does it mean for us that uh, within a week, within one week, we adopted our land all our landing pages. We adopted all our funeral of sales. We adopted all our robots uh, which we use uh, in our funeral of sales. We adopted our advertising also. So we did a very uh, great and hard job within one week, and we already uh, start selling in U.S. But we we already we had sales in U.S., but that sales was not systematic, and that's why currently we began to sell systematically. Besides that, as I told you, we are um, you know, more intensive in making collaborations with the radio stations, with the label music labels from U.S. because uh, music label companies uh, they are our clients also because we our not only musicians itself but also labels are our clients clients because uh, they promote uh, with the help of us they promote their artists. So you are seeing this as the moment. I mean, look, if we're just going to look at this purely from a business perspective, which of course it is not just purely a business situation, but from a business perspective, what you're seeing here is this is a moment in which it's time to shift your resources over to 
pursuing a large market that you always intended to, but had not quite focused on it because there were other things to focus on. But now this is the one to focus on. It is the growth opportunity. There is a path you see in which no matter how long this awful war happens and it disrupts that part of your business, you can find a way to grow your business in other parts of the world and then continue to therefore have the money to support the artists back home, functionally speaking. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we are doing. How are you... Okay, now that I understand the kind of business forces at play, just to ask you personally, how do you have the brain space for all of this? You have you have a lot, right? You have, you have family, you have friends who are in the middle of a war zone. You, it's just an awful, awful situation. You are currently still in Moscow and you're trying to support lots of different groups of people. You're supporting your employees who you got out. You are supporting your artists wherever they may be. You've got to keep this business going. How are you? You know what? Thank you for your question, really. But I'm not thinking about this right now, really. I'm not thinking about this. And the reason of this, not yes, because there are lots of things that I should think about and not thinking about uh, this kind of stuff. But as I told you, I'm uh, more than 16 years in business and all my businesses I raised from zero. And uh, on the peak, I had more than uh, 1,000 people employed by me. So uh, I get used to to the pressure and I get used to a risk. So I can uh, take the risks uh, and I could evaluate this risk. So I got, uh, I'm trained for this, let's say. I'm not, I'm not telling that I'm trained for a war situation. Sure. It's a real disaster. But I get used to not to pay attention uh, on uh, how it's hard rather than to find the opportunity. So, Is there something you tell yourself? Is there something you've learned, a particular lesson that you fall back on? I mean, what is it inside of your head, aside from just clearly a, well, there's training, like you said, but also I would imagine that there's just something inside of you that is maybe naturally calmer than others (laughs) to be able to navigate this. But do you have any particular strategies that you find helpful in the most stressful of these moments? You know, what what motivates me uh, the most that do your best and the fate will do the rest. That that's that's very good because when you are hesitate when when hesitating uh, and not sure about something that you are spent your energy and spent your time and spent your emotions and you were thinking and you are not doing but the life is quite short thing and you should act it's not just just uh, you are not acting and not thinking. It's not like this. You should think, but you should act. And when you act, you will see the new opportunities. For example, with such a situation which we face when we are going to U.S. market, we find out that we can create a real marketplace for NFT project also, and to provide and provide to our artists not only the traditional ways to uh, monetize uh, music, like uh, from a streaming, from a concert, but also to provide them the opportunity to create NFT and to sell NFT with our marketplace. And we did this. We did this uh, only within uh, three weeks so currently you were absolutely right that uh, it is because of the sanctions it is very difficult to receive uh, royalties because they can't accept people or accept money on their banking yeah. accounts but currently we are thinking 
how can we create our own payment system or to collaborate with uh, with the bank to make this payment secure and maybe decentralized so the uh, musicians won't be such a vulnerable uh, with a such situation when when they are they are victims of a such a situation you see so uh, when you are thinking about the opportunities you will also find the way how to implement them there is of course a strain of thinking in business, the correct one, in which every problem is just an opportunity and a solution in waiting. And it is, I think, perhaps for people who have not been under the kind of stress that you are under, is almost uh, hard to think that that can translate even in a moment like this. But of course it can. I mean, what you're describing are massive problems for a lot of people. But in all of those are a lot of people who are in need of solutions. And it seems like your mind is just naturally attuned to no matter the size of the problem, it is just a problem. And therefore, there are people who need solutions. And I am in a position to do just that. Yeah. And you're asking me uh, to give them in some kind of an advice or what? No, or just to react to that. Yeah. No, yeah. It's it's like this. Yeah, I, can, I agree with you. Yeah. Bronislav, I really appreciate your time. I hope that you are safe and that you safely get out of there and that you continue to do the great work that you do and that this just terrible situation ends as fast as possible. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. We are doing our best, really. And we are hoping for hoping for your fate <laughs> to do the rest. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.